Once again, good morning. Thank you for your patience as I get everything in place here. It's like, um, no matter how big the pulpit is, it seems like it could always be an inch or two bigger or an inch or two wider. But I am so thankful this morning to be able to stand and proclaim God's word to you this morning. Uh, We are continuing in our sermon series from the book of Ephesians this morning. This is actually sermon number seven in this particular series. And I want to encourage you, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, and I hope you do, would you go ahead and take your Bibles, open them to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to be beginning in verse 1 this morning, and the plan is to go through verse 21. At least that's the plan right now. So if you are physically able to stand with us this morning, um, I ask that you would stand right now. Uh, to honor the reading of the word of the Lord. And I hope it's going to be on this screen, but it looks like uh, maybe, I don't think I've lost connection, but it's, I'm not seeing the screen. But that's the importance of having your Bibles. Uh, I'm going to be preaching the Word of God this morning. You'll be able to look right down in your Bible whether or not the screen works. And I encourage you to do that. Look at what it says in your Bible. Take it home and open it up and review that passage. The Word of the Lord says this, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all purity and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, thank you for the reading of your word. And Father, I pray 
as I preach this text this morning, what I pray that you will just simply hide me behind your cross. What I pray that I will experience just tremendous liberty to preach the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ this morning. Father, I just ask that your Holy Spirit rain down upon this place. Or may it fall just as it did in the, on the day of Pentecost. But I pray that you will do great and mighty things in this place today. Father, I pray that if there is one or more people here today that don't know you as their Lord and Savior, Father, may this be the day that we see salvation in this place. Father, we sang just a few minutes ago about your amazing grace and that my chains are gone. And I give you, I give you praise for that. Thank you for breaking those chains. What I pray now that you will simply move me out of the way and let them see you instead. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, the last time, actually, that I was in this particular sermon series, it was on New Year's Day. And, you know, that's been a few weeks ago. Now, today is the fifth Sunday in the month of January. This month is just about gone. One month of the year is just about gone. But on that particular day, we talked about the importance of putting off the old self and putting on the new self, one that honors Jesus Christ. And I was going to take just a moment and refresh you where we were last time, but Adam did a really good job about that a few minutes ago. So I am going to move right on to our text this morning. I want to tell you that the, the title of this morning's message is The Importance of Our Walk. Now God's Word tells us in verses 1 and 2 that we're to be imitators of God as beloved children. And then we see that we are to walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now, I'm sure you can all see that on the screen. If you're looking at your Bibles right now, you see verses 1 and 2 in your Bibles, and perhaps you, you see the words, but maybe the question that we need to ask ourselves is exactly how do we do that? How do we imitate God as beloved children? How do we walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us? Well, I think just to answer that question, I want to use just two Really quick examples. The first is that we have, this, we have the supreme example when we examine the life of Jesus Christ. He showed us exactly how to do that. He showed us how to live a life of love toward others. He showed us how to live a life of sacrifice. And as far as being imitators of God, we're, that's who we're supposed to imitate. And, you know, imitation, people are watching us all the time. And I want to talk for just a minute to all dads who have younger children. This really applies to everybody, but I want to talk especially to the dads for just a moment. You know, whether or not we realize that our children are watching us, whether or not they ever say it out loud with their mouth or not, most of them want to be just like their dad when they grow up. We've got to provide the example to them. We've got to show them what it looks like to live a life of surrender to Jesus Christ. And I wonder, as our children look at us, as the world looks at us, what are they seeing? 
Are they seeing a life of surrender to Jesus Christ or are they seeing something that looks way more like the world? We are called to be imitators of God. And we're supposed to walk in love. And then Paul goes right on with this conversation that he is warning the Ephesians about. In verse 3 he says, But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not be named among you as it is proper among saints. We are children of light. Once we come to Christ as our Lord and Savior and we start following him, The light of Christ is in our life. It exposes the darkness. And we are not supposed to have anything to do with those things that are not pure and honoring Christ. And then he goes on and elaborates in verse 4. It says, let there be no filthiness, nor, nor any type of foolish talk, no crude joking. All of those things are out of place. But instead... Let there be thanksgiving. Now, if you know me very well, like at all, almost, you would all know that I love thanksgiving. I absolutely love everything about it. And I believe, personally, thanksgiving should be way more than a day. I think it should be every day of the year. We have so much, so very much to be thankful for. If we're here this morning and we're in Christ, Christ has forgiven us. His blood covers us from all sins, all unrighteousness. We should be saying amen to that. That is a wonderful reason to be thankful. But as we take just a step back and look at our society around us today, it causes me just to ask the question, are we thankful? Or do we just want more and more stuff? If I can ever, if I could just get this, you fill in the blank. If I could just get that, I'd be happy. Well, you know what usually happens once you get that, you're not happy. Then the question becomes, if I, well, if I could just get this other thing, and this thing, and this thing, and this thing, then I will be happy. And let me just say, in, in all truth, love, transparency, no, you won't. No, you won't. That's not how it works we, if we are constantly living our lives wanting more and more and more things, we'll never be happy. That, that happiness will just be temporary, temporary. But let me tell you how you can have happiness, peace, joy, love, gentleness, all of the fruits of the Spirit in your life. Want more and more Jesus. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. That is how we live a life of happiness and peace and joy. Let's move on to the next section of verses this morning. Paul doesn't just briefly have a conversation with these people about how serious that sexual immorality is. He, he goes on and describes it further in, beginning in verse 5. He says, for you may be sure of this. That everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. And you know what? That's serious. That is very 
very serious. It's okay to laugh. Look, look, it is okay to laugh at the that the sounds that y'all just heard from the congregation. You know, everything doesn't always go perfect, does it? But I praise the Lord that we hear noises like that. I praise the Lord that there are little people in our pews right now that make noise. Because you know what? If that wasn't here, do you know what the future of the church would look like? It wouldn't look very bright, would it? So praise the Lord when things like that happen. Do not be embarrassed about that at all. We are thankful that you're here. We're thankful that the children are here. But I want to go back now and talk about the seriousness of sexual immorality. Look at what the Word of the Lord says. It says, basically what it's saying here is that people that practice those things, they will not have an inheritance in the kingdom of God. They won't. Now, I'm going to tell you, our society does a fabulous job of trying to glamorize things that the Bible clearly calls sin. Don't be deceived by that. Do not be deceived by that. Satan wants those things to look so attractive. And you know, they're not attractive at all. Many times you'll hear the phrase, the grass is greener on the other side. No, it's not. It's not. And you know, I have heard people Tell me. Many people have actually told me, as they are in the process of trying to justify a sinful lifestyle, they would have the audacity to say this. I believe that God led me to do that. Let's just be really clear. No, he didn't. He didn't. God will never lead you to do anything that contradicts his word. Never. And if you think he is, you're listening to Satan instead of listening to Christ. We are to live lives that are pure and holy to him. And so many people will say, you know, I want to be happy. I want to be happy. You know, it's good to be happy, but what we need to strive for is to be holy. And then we will see a new definition of happiness once we live a holy lifestyle in the eyes of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say one other thing and move on. I don't want to get sidetracked here, but a lot of people think that they're really good at covering up their sin. But let's just face it, we're not. We're not. Folks, we live in a small place where the... I mean, I'm I'm related to probably three-fourths of Greene County. Let's just be clear. I'm, I'm probably related to three-fourths of Greene County. You think I can hide anything from anybody? No, I can't. And probably you can't either. So, so many times people think, oh, I've done a great job covering that up. Usually we haven't done a good job at all because somebody's eyes have seen, somebody's ears have heard, that somebody has witnessed what is going on, but I want to say this, and then we're going to move on. Even if we are good enough to disguise our sinful actions in the front of everybody else, Jesus has seen it all. He has seen it all, and that should be a very sobering fact for all of us. Paul reminds us in verse 8 that one time we were darkness, but now we are light in the Lord, and so we are supposed to walk... As children of light, remember we're talking this morning about the importance of our walk. So he's saying here, walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. 
Maybe you're asking yourself this morning, okay, so how do I do that? How do I discern what is pleasing to the Lord? We've got to seek the Lord and His strength. That The verse that I quoted earlier, we've got to seek the Lord and His strength. We've got to seek His presence continually. Paul goes on and says, Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Instead, expose them, for it's shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. And it is. And you know, we have got to be willing to call sin what it is. We've got to love people enough to not want them to go to hell and spend their eternity there Yesterday, many of you know that one of our good friends, my family's good friends, died at his funeral was yesterday in Nashville. And, you know, that's one of those things. His death is something that I will never understand this side of heaven, but I will tell you when we get to heaven, it won't matter anymore because we'll be, we'll be focusing on Jesus. But one thing that one of his sisters shared as they were speaking at that service yesterday. But John was a, a, a bold Christian. He was a bold Christian. And I thought, how wonderful that a sibling at his funeral would be able to make this statement. They, sh- they said that he shared the gospel with everyone who wanted to hear and also those that didn't want to hear. Church, I'm going to tell you, that's what we've got to do. We've got to be able to do that in love. But we have got to care enough about where people are going to spend their eternity that we are willing to have difficult conversations. It's not enough that we know that we're saved and we're going. What about everybody else who is not saved? We should be burdened by those. And I'll tell you, I I pray often that the Lord will give us a burden as a church for lost people and that we will not be able to sleep at night until we win this community for Jesus Christ. Remember, we are supposed to expose the darkness. Now, again, we are supposed to do that in love, but we have got to be willing to have those conversations Verse 15, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Now, as we are thinking about that, you know, there are so many things that compete for our time. There are so many places that we could go. There are so many other places that you could have been at this morning, but praise God that you are here Praise God that you're here. But we've got to realize that things are always competing for our time. So we have got to make wise decisions. We have got to make the best use of our time. And then it tells us right there in the next line why. It's because the days are evil. Because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And again, we understand what the will of the Lord is by seeking Him continually. By seeking Him and His strength and by seeking His presence continually. 
And then as we begin to look at verse 18, we are going to try to quickly conclude this morning. But I, you've heard us say over and over, context is so very important. It's always important. And so maybe you see verse 18 on the screen right now and you think that just doesn't sort of, it doesn't feel like it goes there. Maybe it should be somewhere else. Well, here's what the scene was in Ephesus. Those people worshipped a, a God, a little g God. And they believed that in order to worship that God, again, the little g God, that they had to be drunk in order for that to occur. So with that in mind, Paul tells them, don't, don't get drunk with wine. That's not how you hear from God. That's not how you serve God. That's actually debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. And perhaps some of you right now, you might even be saying to yourself, oh, I hope he doesn't talk about singing. Guess what I'm going to talk about? Singing. God expects us to sing. And maybe you're even thinking, oh, you hadn't heard me sing. You don't want me. You don't want to hear me sing. Well, yeah, I do. I do. But let me tell you this. God wants to hear it. God wants to hear it. God expects to hear it. And what comes out of our mouths as we're singing should be an overflow of what is in our hearts. He expects us to sing. He expects us to sing in those times when we're happy. He expects us to sing in those times when we are sad. And he expects us to sing in the space that's in between. You know, there's this old song. I bet you've all heard it. And it goes like this. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free for his eye is on the sparrow. I almost got it too low there. But I know he watches me. And he does. Sing when you're happy. Experience the freedom that comes in and through Jesus Christ. Now, I want to be clear, that freedom doesn't come because we sing. It, becomes as, it's, it comes as a result of what Christ has done, has done in our heart by transforming our old sinful hearts. Look at verse 20. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says it pretty plain. We're supposed to give thanks always. Always. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence to Christ. And you know, that's a hard one, isn't it? We're humans with sinful hearts. And you know, it's easy to submit to one another out of reverence to Christ as long as we always all get what we want. But when it doesn't, 
When, when we don't get what we want, that's when it's much harder to do, isn't it? But the expectation is still the same. We're supposed to submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. As we close this morning, I want to go back just to just briefly address one of the verses earlier when we were talking about just when Paul's dialogue of all of this sinful activity and our importance to expose the darkness. And so many times, this is what my experience has been, and maybe yours is similar. But so many times when I have talked to somebody about the sin in their life, especially if that person claims to be a Christian, I'll get a response like, but you know, the Bible says that Jesus loves everyone. And he does. Jesus loves everyone. But if you're going back to that section of verses this morning and you're looking in your Bible, I hope you are right now. It, always ta- it also talks about the wrath of God. Let me tell you something. If we want to talk about the love of God, we've got to also be willing to talk about the wrath of God because they're both very, very real. They are both very, very real. And I know that you've probably experienced the same thing that I have. So many people just believe that going to heaven... It's something that just automatically occurs for everybody when they die, regardless of their spiritual condition. And can I tell you, hear from me loud and clear this morning, that is not true. That is not true. Perhaps you're here this morning, perhaps you are watching our live stream, and you realize that if I were to die right now, I would not go to heaven. I want you to know how to go. I want you to go, I want you to know how to go. First of all, I want you to be there. I want you to be there. But here's how it happens. And I think for years, we've done a really good job of trying to make the pro- just the process of becoming a Christian sound good, sound like good from a theological standpoint. And perhaps we have, um, have made it appear so much more difficult than it is. It's truly as simple as we teach children in Bible school. That's how simple it is. Now, please don't misunderstand me as I quickly go through this. After the moment that Christ forgives our sin and He is our Lord and Savior, that's when the journey can get difficult. It's not easy. To live the Christian life day in and day out. But we're still expected to do that. But the process of asking Jesus to forgive our sins. And to be our Lord and Savior. It is not difficult at all. And here's exactly how it goes. It's the ABCs of Christianity. The A means that we've got to admit that we are a sinner. That there are things in our life that don't please God. And because of those things, they have created a separation between us and God. We've got to be willing to admit that. The B stands for believing. We've got to believe that Jesus is God's Son. That He did everything that the Bible says that He did during His earthly ministry. We've got to believe just the love that we've been talking about this morning. That He loved us so much that He was willing to die on the old rugged cross for us. We've got to believe that He did that. Along with believing that He is God's Son. We've also got to believe that after he was crucified, that he died. 
that his body was taken off of that tomb, off of the old rugged cross and was placed in a tomb. But you know, he didn't stay dead, did he? He didn't stay dead. He rose on the third day, and that's why we celebrate Easter. And then you might be thinking, especially if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, you might be thinking, well, what's the C stand for? It seems like A and B have covered it. And you know, that's what the world will tell you. But the C stands for confessing. We've got to confess our sins. We've got to ask Jesus to forgive those sins. And once he does that, we've got to be willing to turn and walk away from that life of sin. It is absolutely true that Jesus will meet us where we are. It's exactly just like he met the woman at the well. He met her where she was, but he didn't leave her there. And he won't leave us there either. In fact, he will issue the command to us, go and sin no more. We can't be comfortable with sin in our lives. So that is, that's the process quickly in a nutshell of how someone gives their life to Jesus and ask, asking him to forgive their sins. It truly is that easy. I wonder this morning, do you know him today? If today was the last day of your life, are you prepared to stand in front of Jesus face to face? That day's coming for all of us. The last funeral that I had a couple of weeks ago, I made this statement. One day, unless Jesus comes back first, the person in the casket's going to be us. And it will likely come at a moment that we don't expect it. Are we ready? Are we ready to see Jesus? How are we walking this morning? Remember, the importance of our walk Let's walk in such a way that the world sees Jesus in and through us. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, thank you so much for bringing us to your house this morning. Father, I give you praise just for knowing, for the assurance of knowing that you are my Lord and my Savior. Father, I pray that you will strengthen me each day to walk as I should before you. Lord, I pray the same thing for this church, Lord, for, for them each day. Lord, I pray that they will find strength in and through your word. I pray that they will seek you. And Lord, I pray that we will all walk in such a way in this community or wherever you place us that the world sees you and not us. Father, whether that's here or whether it's somewhere around the world, Lord, may we always show the world that is looking a reflection of you. And Father, I do pray for people that are here this morning that possibly do not know you as their Lord and Savior. Father, I just pray that this will be the day that your convicting power will fall. And what I pray that we will see salvation in this place. Father, for the things that you will do, we'll give you praise, honor, and glory for it all. And it's in your name I pray. Amen.